listening to the Atasso Outdoors Podcast. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Dude. <laughs> he had one job. I can't handle it. Hunter was acting a fool. <laughs> oh, he's in my headspace, man. <laughs> I'm in there. It happens from time to time. Oh, we found one of Hunter's hidden talents, and it is not pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Atasso Outdoors Podcast. I'm Caleb. I'm your host. I'm joined by my two studly co-hosts. We have Reed Robinson Howdy. and Hunter Grishke. Hey, if you're tuning in for the show for the first time, we have three segments to this show. Segment number one is What You Got, Buddy. That is where we all bring pre-prepared articles or headlines that we find interesting that nobody else in the pod bunker knows about, and we discuss them at length. Segment number two. Segment number two is our Spotlight series where we search our network of outdoors friends, family, and connections we find out who the interesting people are within our community that have like-minded ideas or contrary to what we believe to come bring them out of the podcast. We bring them down to the bunker. If they're good enough, we go to them. We have a um, at-length discussion, find out who they are, what makes them outstanding in the outdoors industry, and bring you guys along for the ride. Segment number three. That was a great description. Thank you. I love that. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> Segment number three is our head-to-head game show series where we have a quiz master answer a bunch of questions, see who knows more, and we crown a winner at the end. You guys clicked on it, so you know what it is today. Extra long intro. Today we have... I'm just messing with my mic right now, and it's not working out well. We have what you got, buddy. (laughs) You ever have those moments where everything in your head just turns to mush? Had one of those moments <laughs> yeah. daily. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a every other moment thing. Yep. So while we're waiting for that thought to come back, let's hit you guys with our weekly merch check. Tonight we are rocking the navy blue Atasso Outfitters quarter zip with embroidered on the left chest. Available at atassooutfitters.com. These guys will work on their fit checks. I need to work on that. I walked out the door ready to go work on my pickup truck, knowing I was going to be covered head to toe in grease. Decided not to put anything nice to tassel on. Mm. You're welcome. Yep. But that's a pretty nice uh, two hats ranch hat you got on there. Sure is. With a nice leather patch. Drop time buck. This is Bodie Bettis' favorite hat. It Mm. looks good. I actually haven't seen that since you bought it. I've got too many hats. I just cycle through them about. I've got about one, one or two for every week of the year. There you go. Guys. You clicked on it, so you know what it is. Today's what you got, buddy. So without further ado, Hunter. All right. What do you got, buddy? I'll start us off. Let's see here. Un momento. All righty. In antler-obsessed Michigan, the state begs hunters to shoot more does. I thought this one was perfect. We've been talking about this one a lot lately. Have we? We have. We've been talking about shooting does? Yeah. On this podcast. I know. I know. It's, it's yeah. crazy to even bring up. <laughs> All right. What are they saying? 
As Michigan copes with too many deer, state officials are pleading with hunters to shoot more does to lower birth rates. Uh, the average hunter in Michigan is focused on bucks. Wow, are we surprised? Um, which does little to combat population growth. Uh, old habits may die hard. Michigan's hunters favor antlers more than their peers in neighboring states. Oh, do they have the statistics on the neighboring states? Well, let's see here. It probably has something to do with the tag structure. Oh, yeah. maybe the culture is a little bit skewed. Maybe a little bit. Maybe, maybe just too many bad. Stormy Cromer hats walking through the woods. Okay, you can't bash on the Stormy Cromer just because Fuds are rocking them. Fuds have one good thing going for them, and it's the Stormy Cromer. They're sweet. Mm. Mm-hmm. We were up north this past weekend, and I had my hands on at least four different ones, and my wife still wouldn't let me get one. That's unfortunate. I would have supported it. I just, yeah, it makes me look a little bit more dorky than I already am. So, I'm trying to find some numbers here. It's not given me many. Um, it's it's quite long too. We'd be talking about this for a couple hours, but um, the only numbers that it's given me here is that we had about. 800,000 um, hunters in the late 90s, it's saying. Um, and ever since then, we've had a decline. So there's about 540,000 deer hunters in Michigan today. Jeez. Oh, that's a drastic drop. Uh-huh. I knew we were in like the sixes, but that's that's way more than I thought. I remember in high school, that was a little over 10 years ago, I remember reading a statistic that the world's largest standing army is Michigan hunters. At like at the ready, everybody like with rifle in hand, ready to go, and that was back in, like ten years ago. And the number that they gave me then was right around seven hundred thousand. So, in ten years, we've decreased from seven hundred thousand to you said five hundred forty. Five forty, it's saying on this article. Oh gosh! So the real question begs to ask: What's it going to be next year? If people, if people like us aren't doing our part in educating and bringing new people into the sport, because you think about it, if you've got young people that aren't getting into it, and then you've got the greatest generation who are too old now to do it, and a big chunk of the boomers that aren't hunting either, so it's all, it's kind of a lose-lose across the board. Yeah. I think it's lose-lose for multiple reasons, though, because Michigan, we really struggle with hunter population, and it, it's over-hunted already, but we also want more hunters, so it's like, the new hunters we need to be teaching correctly and we need to keep the numbers but when well explain what you mean by overhunted because i think michigan has the most hunters to deer in any state we have i could be wrong on we that. have one hunter for every six and a half deer i just ran the numbers okay with three and a half million deer in the state five hundred forty thousand hunters one to six and a half do we know how that compares to we do not other states? i do not off the top of my head no but when you say we're overhunted, you know, that would communicate that we have not enough deer running around when in reality we have too many deer running around. So we are overhunting the wrong deer. Yeah, I think so. Our our hunter population is too populated for the land that we have. Too concentrated. It's too concentrated. Okay. That's, that's a better word to use, yeah. Okay. I thought we were behind Wisconsin on that. I thought there was a lot more hunters in Wisconsin. I remember this was one of our head-to-head questions, and the most mm. deer hunters per capita, I think, ended up being New Jersey, but it's a smaller mm. state. 
So I, I do agree with that. It seems like no matter where you go, there's always a hunter within four or 500 yards from where you're at, unless you own the property that's that big. Yep. So there's about 600,000 deer hunters in the state of Wisconsin and about 550,000 of them participate in the firearm season. So only 50,000 bow hunters in the state of... Is that stat tracking both bow and gun? If you say like there's 600,000 and X amount per participate in the firearm, that's not like eliminating... That's That would be just be like how many buy tags. So 50,000... Wait, is that saying that only 50,000 bought archery tags? <clears throat> That's crazy. I, I don't want to, you know, say this article the wrong way, but I don't know if this number is just rifles because it, it's saying 100,000 of them are expected to hang up the rifles in the next decade from that number. I know, I know at least two or three people off the top of my head this year that were unsuccessful and struggled and were so frustrated that they said that they were done. Really? Mm. Yep. Sounds like me. People that you know this year. Yes. Okay. Hunter Mostly and were... crossbow and gun hunters. <laughs> Hunter and I have both been expressing lately that this has been a really rough season for us. Like we're both actually, mm-hmm. we're eating tag soup in one form or another. And it's tough. And like, you know, you, you exit the season, like you stand there on last day, you, knock your arrow one last time or you you know you unload your rifle one last time and you're just like dang it's over mm-hmm. like there's no making up for there's no well i can go get a dole it's just like it's done you know you drive down the road and you see the deer standing on the side and you're just like you guys are good you know for the next nine months you can just do your own thing and like there's no threat it's been a really rough season and the thought does cross your mind like man dude why do i do this you know i just put years of effort into this season and nothing to show for it. But, you know, give me a month to lick my wounds and in the spring, bust my bow back out a little bit more and get the bug again. Next thing you know, trail cams are going back out and pictures are coming up and I'm just like, it's game back on. Like we're doing this again. Yeah. And 2024 is like, it's a whole new horizon of excitement. If you think about it from this perspective too, there's a lot of people that are saying, man, it was a terrible season. And then you ask them and they only sat five to six times like if you put it if you actually take a step back and look at it from a thirty thousand foot view you have this is this is maximum but you have 180 opportunities to sit and deer hunt in michigan season you're talking in terms of days just day just sits you technically have 90 days 91 days. You have 90 days and times two. T- times two, morning and afternoon. You have 180 opportunities, if you wanted to, to go out and sit with multiple different kinds of weapons. And so I feel like the people who get frustrated and dog on it, but they only sat two or three times, like, did you actually do it justice? Yeah. Some people don't have the time, and that's that's normal. But, and, you know, that's not to say, like, I could have couldn't have made it successful i passed on a lot of deer this year my biggest mistake in 2023 was i did not follow a new rule that i am establishing for 2024 through the rest of my life fill the freezer first i'm not i've always had it in the back of my head like wait till late doe season to fill the freezer because you know you want to give the doe the longest amount of time to whatever or in early season it's tough because 
you know, you shoot and you're under the gun because it's hot outside and it's harder to hang them. And I, there was plenty of deer I passed on because you know what it is for me. It was 50 degrees outside and I was like, I can't hang my deer up. You want to know why I've never done it? What? Fawns are still feeding. Hmm. Those first, those first three weeks of October, you're still seeing fawns go to the nipple. And that's hard for me. Yeah. They're not on a full food diet yet. I support the does early, but I think it should be at a property where you're not trying to focus on a specific buck. I don't think you should be shooting does at your prime buck hunting property. I just, early season especially. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's hard because, you know, in more recent years, I've switched a lot of my diet over to venison. You know, so I really do rely on that one to three deer every year to just, you know, get me by eating food, feeding friends, feeding feeding family. And, you know, this year I was like really heavily focused on that and, you know, always chasing antlers because I wanted, you know, properly manage my deer herd. So it's like, you know, to take the opportunity to shoot a doe over a buck on a sit, it's like, yeah, sure. No big deal. I just always pushed it back to late season because it, it just seems like the most optimal time to do it. But, and then you have a gun in your hands and you're like, well, yeah, it's a, it's a shoe in no problem, you know? And then you go out and you sit the last few times and like the deer just, you know, they're spooked They're It's late no. season. They are so skittish. They're, I, I they're really struggled. Right down. I struggled with that this year. Late season this year was brutal. Not, yeah. and it was warm. It rained. It was warm and rained all season long. You know, there, once again, there was plenty of nights that I passed on deer because I knew it was just going to be a mad dash. I was going to be up all night processing and I was like, you know, already under the gun with everything else in life that I was like, I'll just pass on and wait for it to get colder. And then by the time I like was back out in the woods and able to, you know, shoot a deer, once again, still warm outside. I was like, oh, well, I'll just wait till it gets colder. Just didn't happen. I think we had like two or three cold snaps. Yeah. And that was about it. Yep. So, and even then it was, it wasn't like below 32. No. It was, it was hovering at 32. It was spitting rain. Yeah. It was kind of gross. There's something to be said about a snowstorm and deer movement. Yep. And we we had snow that landed maybe an inch and a half, and it stayed for what? A week? Tops? Tops. Yeah. A couple of days. If that. Yeah. Three days, I think. <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, usually hunting the morning after a brutal snowstorm is awesome. Or like two days after all the deer start waking up, they need to move, they need to eat, they need to dig up, you know, whatever it is, hunting those those field edges those days. Oh my gosh. It's phenomenal. But this year is just tough for it. And but to hear that you have buddies that are just straight up saying, I'm hanging it up, I'm done. Do you think they're gonna hold to it? I don't think so. There's enough of them. They'll get that itch when September rolls around again. But yeah. these are guys that go out with their 350 legend and sit in a box blind with a heater and their wool socks and they're in one spot granted one of the people too brought a big grain bin blind out <laughs> on october on october 27th and plopped it in the middle of the property and then wondered why he didn't see deer that's a good way to do it that is a good way not to see him i tell you what <laughs> um just recounting what we were at earlier Wisconsin has 2.6 deer for every hunter, but they still mm. out, what, last year they shot 330,000 deer? Something like that. You know, in the entire state, they have, I think, 1.6 million deer. So we have double the deer 
almost the same amount of hunters. Well, a little less, a little less than hunters. We have like three times as many de- like deer to hunter ratio than them, and they're still outperforming us. So it's not necessarily it's not a issue of too many or like too many hunters are like that we're overhunted. I think it's just the fact that we're taking the wrong deer. We're killing all of our you know of the the whole package of deer that we have to shop from. You know, you have fifty percent doe, fifty percent buck, roughly. And less than that, you think it was less than fifty percent? It was forty-two. Well, yeah, of the deer that are like that are available to shoot. Oh no, no, I'm saying harvested. 40. Oh no, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, but we're we're shooting that primarily one to two and a half year old buck is what's getting killed in Michigan. Yep. And then the the three year old, you know, maybe a small sliver of the three year olds, and then I mean, one percentile are four, five, six, and seven. You know, and everything else is just does that are walking, and our population is through the roof. And there's three and a half million deer. The science makes sense when you think about it. You pass, you yeah. pass on a doe in November, she gets bred, and then in the spring she has an like it's it's rare for a doe to have one fawn. Most doe have two to three fawns mm-hmm. per season. So every doe that's not killed is going to provide at least a minimum of two more deer. So if everyone's out there filling their combo tag or killing two bucks and not killing a doe, the population's just going to keep growing and growing and growing and growing. That's why the DNR is talking about like pleading with people to shoot doe. I mean, it's it makes perfect sense when you think mm-hmm. about it. So even if you were, like we talked about with Connor, even if we switch to a one buck tag, it's going to make people kill one doe. And if you take... You think it's going to make people kill a doe? Or they're just going to shoot their buck I think it for might the season? Incentivize them. I think doe. there's a lot of people out there, especially ones that have families, like families of four, families of five, mm-hmm. that one deer is not enough meat. For So there's two of us, and one deer, for me, is plenty of meat that can last me a whole year. And that's not cooking all the time. But there's some people that cook venison every single meal. But feeding a family of five, 70 pounds of meat does not last. No. You can burn through that in three months. Yeah, it'll go quick. So if you limit to one buck tag, A, they're not going to be chasing that buck. I mean, think about the time that you spend patterning and chasing and following a buck. You kill that buck. Now your does are dime a dozen. You're not stalking. You're not waiting for the perfect doe. It's just like you shoot a couple doe and and you're done. Now that one hunter has saved potentially six more deer from coming into the herd just by killing those two. So if you take the if you do the math on that and you take however many five hundred thousand hunters, if they each took one doe, just one. 500,000 and at a minimum two deer think about how many deer would then be removed out of that gene pool naturally right yeah theoretically I mean you're talking a million right there right well that's exactly what we were talking about the other night you know you shoot one doe and you not only did you kill one deer you killed off an entire generation you know you shoot a buck, you know, you could argue, well, you're killing off, you know, four generations because it's not going to breed those, but another buck is going to breed that doe. 
it's not like you're you're taking the generational like ability to reproduce out of the herd you know you kill one deer that one deer is gone but all those like that doe that he was going to breed anyway is going to get bred by another buck and that doe is going to produce two more deer so you shot one deer and three and three now in the spring are walking whereas you shoot that one deer and that deer died and three deer aren't there in the spring and then that one buck is there you know or that's the thing that's got to be communicated to people to make them understand more where the problem lies because i think they look at it from the perspective of just shooting bucks because it's part of the hunt but once people understand that the reason our bucks aren't getting to the full potential that they are is because people aren't killing doe it's so it's so clear that's the thing is i just don't understand why people don't get that and they don't understand it it could be they just don't care which yeah is fine but it's such a simple concept in my mind. It's no, so it simple. Is. It is. That's a survey we need to run. I'm trying to figure out right now, like, what is the ratio between meat hunters and trophy hunters? If you want to say, like, I'm just shooting antlers, right? Or I'm going to shoot the antlers because I want the antlers. I want to know what the Michigan demographic is of meat hunters versus trophy hunters. I'd be willing to say 60, 40. You think it's that? That I mean, that would show in the numbers. The amount of know. people I know that do not care what the deer is. They'll go to public land and they will shoot anything. Yeah. It I, comes I, through. They want to fill the freezer. They want to be done. They want to wash their hands of it. They're there for meat. Just boom, boom, done. Yeah. Deer camp, opening day. A, they don't have time. B, they don't, they're not that invested into it. They just want some good meat in the freezer and have a good time with the boys. Which I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking anybody that do, does that at all. If that's your tradition, if that's your vibe, there's there's nothing wrong with that. But if you, in return, are complaining about other hunters and trophy hunters and the lack of big bucks, that's where you got to look in the mirror. Yeah. But there are, there's a large demographic of people out there that I think that just genuinely don't really care about that. And who am I to judge that? Yeah. If they genuinely don't care. If they're being hypocritical about it, that's a whole different story. I'm struggling over here because I'm reading an article trying to research a bunch of stuff right now while we're on the fly. Um, I'm reading an article from Okayist Hunter, who is our... They're, okay, okayist hunter. Your Instagram is hilarious, and the stuff that you put out is really, really funny. You do a great job marketing, um, and i I appreciate what okayist hunter does, bringing people into hunting. They are yes, very good at that. Absolutely, they're very good at that. They are our antithesis for the message that we preach on deer management. They they bring more people into hunting. The methodology that they bring is absolutely abysmal for the deer management i do i i agree with their mindset of like shaming on the internet like i don't i don't like that like at some point yeah you got to have a little bit of bullying to get people to wake up but you got to do it in a good loving way and so the amount of people that are out there trashing people for for shooting certain size deer i don't i don't agree with that and that's a big message that they preach and i really really appreciate it but so this is the this is the opening statement for this 
article that they posted, you can't eat the horns, or can you? You can stir the chili with them. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my article, but this is just where we're going because Okayist Hunter is like they're coming up in the game right now. Every Okayist Hunter knows that one thing: never pass, which is like the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard. That was pretty bad. That one drives me nuts. Yeah. Never. It's like, oh, man, dude. Like, that is the worst thing for the deer population. But, okay. Oh, my eyeball just went out of focus really bad. Um, says, when you've been out of luck for eight seasons and your spouse thinks you're cheating on you when you go hunting because you eat tag soup every year, you can't afford to pass. Everyone likes to rip on the hunter who brings home the one-and-a-half-year-old button buck. But for years, or for years, but we've had one defense. You can't eat the horns. And then it goes into this whole thing on... You know how you can give them to your dogs, and people need to know that you can only give certain things to dogs because, well, the, well, dogs automatically eat the part of the antler that they're supposed to have, or do they eat the whole thing? Um, I don't know that answer. I know personally that mine eats everything. <laughs> Ruger, shout out to you. Yeah, uh, talks about you know using antlers for medicinal uses. You know, a lot of people think they're aphrodisiacs. That is false. Don't do that. Have you tried? No, the I only mean, note. Try the did, only it, note, did it make you horny? The only known <laughs> aphrodisiac is testosterone. So if you want to get hard from eating something off of a deer, eat the nuts. You want to get bucked up? <laughs> Speaking of bucked up. Hey, why are you so big? I ate buck nuts. Is that why you guys both failed this year? Is because you didn't want to have to cook Dude, up buck nuts? I, I have. I didn't even think about that. I have buck nuts vacuum sealed. Oh. I, I don't know. Where are they? I have no. They're in my mom and dad's freezer right we now. We need a, a cook pod, <laughs> a cook pod, and we'll cook them and eat them on. Yeah, no, I do have <laughs> turn nuts. on that vent fan. <laughs> I do have nuts uh, for us. Hunter. Okay, keep reading. Perfect. Uh, let's see. Put into capsules and used as a supplement that one would expect, but they're all sorts of different uses for them. Talks about using them for dogs. Dogs can eat on them. Uh, good for them. You can eat the bone marrow out of the antlers mm. uh, if you're in the wilderness, like Stephen all the bone. Bone marrow makes a great substitute for butter when preparing meat and meals. Out of the antlers, though? I never knew there was bone marrow. In, I don't think so. Okay. I so think there's something wrong there. Two, two okay is Hunter. If you're going to shoot a deer, you're telling me that you're going to take the spike that you have and cut it in half with whatever, a bandsaw, and get the bone marrow out and use that as a butter substitute? Maybe if you shoot it early season. Early season, yeah. They're hardened antlers. I don't know. There is a little bit of life in them because you got to think about like, you know, they're holding on through season. There's life. There's still blood pumping like deep within them, right? It's it's that die off of the, oh, what is it? It's the die off deep into the pedicle yeah. is what makes them drop. You know, I at the end of the day, t I guess, I guess if I was shooting a one and a half year old six point, I'd be embarrassed too and want to find ways to get rid of the antlers. Okay. But they, they called out Steven Ranella for, you know, him using the bone marrow to substitute as butter. I would know the episode that they're talking about. Yeah. It's when he shot a moose. And yeah, it's he cut a femur. The, he cut the femur open. Yeah, absolutely. Any yeah. any big bone has bone. Bone compared to antler. I mean. I don't, I really don't know once an antler hardens if there's actually marrow in them. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, the use of antlers was surprised to know that the most. Most of us was in gelatin. That's right, deer jello. We're not sure who the f was ever supposed to put stuff in gel. Anyways, apparently you can make gelatin out of the antlers. Um, okay, the don't you can't eat the antlers statement drives me nuts because if you're gonna if you're gonna say you can't eat the antlers, I think that statement is justifying 
killing a deer before it reaches its full potential. Exactly. And so if you can't eat the antlers, then shoot a doe. Because if you're if you're saying the statement you can't eat the antlers, that means you really don't care about the antlers. Therefore, shoot a doe that's going to reproduce into two or three other deer and help the population, therefore helping the habitat. You're doing way more by shooting a doe than shooting a small buck. Here's, Tell me I'm wrong. Here's let me just here's the four arguments that OKS Tunner posted for why you can eat the antlers. One, Chinese aphrodisiac. False. Only testosterone is an aphrodisiac. Uh, give them to your dog. Dogs like to chew on them. Yes, that's what shed hunting season is for. Don't shoot small antlers. Um, use the bone marrow as butter. Wrong. Use the femur. It's better. Uh, four, make deer jello out of the antlers, which nobody's going to do. So They're don't... Wrong. <laughs> wrong. Wrong. Don't shoot the small deer. You can't eat the antlers. Okay, no, you can't. Don't shoot small deer. Shoot a doe. Exactly. That doe is going to make two or three other does. Our population is booming. It's going out of control. Our habitats are toast. Shoot a freaking doe. And once again, I don't want to get on here and make enemies with OKS Hunter. I think a lot of the stuff that they post, especially on getting people into hunting, is phenomenal. Absolutely. But the little like the FUD defense, it just it doesn't help. It doesn't help the sustainability of hunting. Do you think it's because, uh, like, like the message that's preached there? Do you think it's just a lack of understanding of how habitat conservation and deer management works? I don't want to. I don't want to assume that. I but think like, so. but that is a like anybody who understands deer habitat conservation and everything in that realm understands that the more bucks that are killed and the less does that are killed, the population is going to keep growing. And the, the, I mean, you look at farmers' fields. You hear far, That's why farmers have to get block permits because these deer are decimating their crops because these does are having two and three fawns every single year and nobody's killing them before they can give birth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's a lack of education because, you know, obviously these guys are going in and doing a lot of research and they're developing whole brands around this concept. But... Or developing whole like branding opportunities around getting people into hunting. There, there has to be a bunch of research done into that. What I equate it to is OKest Hunter is like the Planet Fitness of outdoors media. Ouch! Because they're yes, they want to get people in there, but you know, you go to Planet Fitness, and if you actually start lifting heavy and you start doing things the right way, and you you do things in a in a way that is really good for your body and you throw things around and you grunt through it, you, you start getting shamed, mm-hmm. you know, judgment free zone, but then you go and lift like, you know, yoked out and they judge you. It's yeah. like, okay, so we want to keep you guys, we want to get you into the sport and we want to make it okay for everybody that feels shamed and feels uh, put down because they're shooting small deer. And like, then like, let's attack the guys that are shooting big deer then. Maybe they're not attacking guys that are shooting big deer, but they're attacking the guys that are preaching and don't shoot small deer. I don't necessarily think it may be that, though. I think they're attacking the big guys that are shaming the other people for shooting small deer, which I don't... And and there's a fine line between attacking slash shaming somebody for shooting a small deer and coming alongside them and saying, hey, congratulations on your deer. I'm glad you had this experience. Have you thought about it this way? And I think that's where we as big game hunters, trophy hunters, whatever you want to call it. Like we are trophy hunters, unashamed trophy hunter. 
but trophy hunting is the best thing that you can do for deer management. If you if you hunt right, you shoot your doe, you manage your population. If you're trying to grow big deer, you have if you're a trophy hunter, you're trying to grow big deer. If you're going to try to grow big deer, you have to manage your herd properly. If you manage your herd properly, there's going to be a nutrition plan, there's going to be a coal plan, there's going to be selected harvesting with your target bucks. Everything is suited towards making the best habitat for the deer. You got that grin. <laughs> I just I had a thought after you said that of just I'm willing to bet that trophy hunters have killed more doe than most of other people. Probably. 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 Unpopular opinion. Trophy yeah. hunters kill more doe than than meat hunters. Trophy hunters and Volvos. Smoking them on the road. <laughs> because the trophy hunters are the ones they're the ones that are letting the deer get to full maturity. They're the ones that are chasing that, but also at the same time, they understand what needs to be done. So they're doing habitat management. They're doing food plots. They know that they have to have a balanced herd. So they're the ones that are saying, hey, I've got to take eight does out of my herd this year in order to sustain a healthy buck population. Now, I'd totally love to finish that thought, but I completely forgot where I was going with it. So, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. Caleb, what you got, buddy? Oh, well kind of piggybacking a little bit off of what we were talking about today. Headline reads, an out-of-control wolf population in Michigan's vanishing Upper Peninsula deer herd. Mm. I've read like two or three articles about this today. Um, This one specifically comes from Outdoor News. So it says, Michigan's Upper Peninsula sportsmen's group have been sounding the alarm to no avail concerning the destruction caused by the uncontrolled wolf population. The 2023 UP harvest is on track to break yet another worst year. Hunting is a billion-dollar industry in Michigan, and much of its revenue is spent in the UP. Do they know what percentage? There is not. There's not a percentage. I want you guys to discuss this while I have to log into my account. I feel like for the most part in the last 10, 15 years, I've only heard bad things about hunting in the UP. I think there's way more wolves than people think. Right now, the DNR is releasing saying that there's six to 700 wolf up there. And I th- and mm. based on what we talked about, the cougar the cougar issue and throughout throughout that we also got a lot of messages on people talking about wolves and they're saying there are way more than six or seven hundred in the up because they're in the lower peninsula now people see them we're gonna get the bunker rated so (laughs) quickly (laughs) give us all your terabytes of information we deleted it all you'll never get our information it's all in the interwebs ah man I don't know. It's it's a okay. It's a moot point because it's like, no, go ahead, finish it. I got the rest of the article. So people are saying there are fewer hunters today than there were ten or fifteen years ago, and that is true. But that should also mean more deer for the hunters to see and harvest. That is not happening in most places. Hunters see very few to no deer when in the field. When you schedule a hunting trip to an area with no or low deer populations, the 2022 DNR minimum wolf count was at least 631 wolves in the UP. We believe that average number is north of 2,000. In the UP? Yeah. Hmm. Just the UP. There is a big difference between 631 and 2,000. Yes. Can we talk about that that for a second? (laughs) Yeah. Can we talk about how like the DNR can't even count to one for cougars? 
So we can't really trust their numbers anyway. <laughs> so one of the main problems of an uncontrolled wolf population is that the deer nu- the deer numbers decline and the wolf numbers increase. Starvation and infighting will then take its toll on the wolves. Is that how we want to manage our wildlife in the UP? Through starvation and infighting. The DNR will add a new way to count wolves utilizing trail cams during their 2024 winter wolf survey. As part of the wolf camera survey, they plan to divide the entire UP into 202 cells with eight cameras per cell to calculate the wolf population. The DNR did a three-month pilot survey in 2022, and they put 200 cams in a 2,480-square-mile section in the central UP. Sorting through pictures identified each animal by the species, deer, bear, wolf, etc., etc. ETC means cougars. The, a- <laughs> the AI Definitely. program will also blur out people and vehicles. Technology exists to identify individual wolves. Most sportsmen's club in the Upper Peninsula agree entirely the new way to count wolves. If anything happens to those cameras, there'll be significantly less information. We plan to monitor the process of this survey closely. One interesting note about this first survey is that it took pictures of 4,221 wolves and 7,534 bears. Interesting. There are supposed to be 10,000 bears across the UP, but there are only 631 wolves, which is not what this survey is showing. Did it just say 4,000 wolves, like individually? They took pictures of 4,221 wolves I wonder in how 2022. accurate that is. Well, that's how many are repeats. Okay. So they had 4,000 mm, pictures. Wolf pictures. Got okay. it. Same thing. That makes with me feel bears. better. So the, the wolves are federally listed as endangered, and many residents say there is nothing to s- the state of Michigan can do, which is totally false. The DNR can stop saying wolf population in the UP has been stable for the last 10 years at between se- six and 700 animals. Tell it like it is. We have an out-of-control wolf population, and they are wiping out our wildlife, especially deer. This would be helpful in delist the delisting process and would even change the public opinion on wolves. With 7,500 gray wolves in the continental United States and over 77,000 gray wolves in North America, they are hardly endangered. We just need to do with wolves what Texas does with immigrants and sending them to New York. We just need to drop a few in Lansing. Like, you know, <laughs> that's funny. Capture 200 wolves. Yeah, not even. 50. No, 20. 20 wolves in Lansing. Would that solve our deer issue down here? It might. So I just looked it up. A One wolf will eat, on average, about 27 deer per year. Oh, so if there are 2,000 wolves in the UP, that's 54,000 deer killed in the UP every year by wolves. Wow. Not to mention all the cattle, sheep, lives, all the livestock, uh, little floofy dogs on chains everything Hmm. but yeah if you want to solve an issue like put it in people's faces like even new york right now is coming out saying like okay we need to figure out what to do with this immigrant thing because there's like way too many in texas texas is like well no duh but you have a bunch of people that are in legislation down here in lansing they're like no the wolf population is fine they're six to seven hundred like that's stable that's managed if there's two thousand that's a big deal that's a big difference yeah that's a big difference you know we were supposed to get up to if I remember my numbers correctly, we were supposed to get up into the 500s or 400s. They, I think, deemed was a an effective population for wolves in the UP, and then they were supposed to manage it from there. Now, if we're well up 
over i mean we're already past our benchmark and the problem is is that wolves are federally listed but michigan can override that on a state level i believe they can i just it just it just said that they could they just have to admit that there's a problem Hmm. it's it's wild i've read and here's an here's another one from from gohan it said michigan weighs weighs in the potential wolf hunting season if wolves are delisted, should Michigan hold a hunting season? This question is currently making its rounds in the Mitten State as the Michigan Natural Resources Commission, the MNRC, determines whether or not that will occur if the state's largest predator is removed from the federally endangered species list, according to the Detroit News. With annual tallies, again, between 600 and 700 wolves are thriving in the Upper Peninsula, and Michigan officials say that the state's wolf population has stayed stable for 12 years. I don't agree with that. However, whether the state would hold a wolf hunting season continues to be a divided topic, one that invokes those passionate for a season and those who are strongly against one. People don't like wolves, said Brian Rowell, who is a Michigan Department of Natural Resources wildlife biologist. Unlike any other wildlife we deal with, it's a love or hate relationship for most folks. Supporters of a potential hunting season says it would protect deer, livestock, and pets, while those against one say wolves help maintain a balanced ecosystem. Others want wolf management regulated at a state level rather than a federal level. In Michigan, wolves weren't always a protected species. In fact, up to 1960s, Michigan residents were paid bounties to kill wolves. Uh That'd be sweet. Once that number dropped to a point of potential wipeout, the wolves became legally protected. Even at the even as the MNRC considers what to do for the future, wolves currently remain protected, even if they're eventually delisted a decision that has been controversial and heavily debated about the past for the year for the past few years. There wouldn't be any immediate hunting season anyway. It would take Michigan a minimum of nine months to finalize a wolf hunting guidelines. Well, weren't we just reading recently that states already have stuff lined up saying like, hey, the second wolves become delisted, here's our plan for hunting. Was it Wisconsin just came out with I that? I think so. Or it was Colorado. I don't remember. One, want, of, one of the states over there. Do you want to hear these comments? Yes, I would love yeah, to. Let's hear them. So this is a comment from Ryan Tanner. It says, in let's see, the population number they post, they've admitted it's a minimum number at the lowest population point in, of the year. So they're saying 700 is the minimum number. Um, he's th- he says the number is actually drastically higher. He goes, my small trap line here in the Western UP has almost equal wolves to deer in the area. It's insane and certainly no way to manage deer or increase the moose populations without decreasing the wolf population. And then Greg Leach responded to that by saying the best way to control the wolf population in upper Michigan would be to live trap a large number of those predators and release them in southern Michigan, mostly around hey, the, mostly around the Lansing area. My guy. This would greatly bring them on. This would greatly help in controlling the southern Michigan deer population and would make our automobile insurance companies and farmers very happy. P.S. It would also be wonderful for all parties that love these animals so very much because now they can see them up close in their backyard while running off with their family's cat. (laughs) I I love that. (laughs) In all honesty, I would sign a petition that said bring gray wolves back to the lower peninsula because I... You know, it wouldn't necessarily benefit my deer population or it wouldn't benefit my deer hunting area. It wouldn't benefit my conscious while I'm walking out to the stand. Would I love to see wolves? Yes. Does it really, but is it a healthy dose of poetic justice? Absolutely. 
if hunters are not going to do the part to decrease the deer population, I think the DNR is going to look at this as a perfect opportunity to let it happen naturally. Why not? Somebody's got to compete with the cougars. I think it's going to create a bigger problem, though, because then all of a sudden you're going to have all these these livestock farmers up in arms because they're going to have to watch. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a coyote, coyote, pack of coyotes not going to take down a, down a cow. No. But a pack of wolves will. Yeah. So that's that's a whole nother problem. I mean, it definitely is going to cause massive issues. There's no doubt about it. You start throwing stuff into the ecosystem that hasn't been there for a long time, used to be there, but hasn't been there, hasn't been um, acclimated to it in a long time. Yes, you're going to have issues. Well, I'm I'm thinking even too about like guys like Dan Cook with Expedition Detroit. He's creating this platform, and then what happens when all of a sudden nobody wants to go to Ke- Kensington Metro Park or Mayberry State Park or State Game Area because they know there's twenty wolves yeah. in there. No one will camp overnight anymore. I mean, Rose Lake Public Land is a perfect place to start releasing wolves. Yeah, you want to be walking out of a tree stand. I've I've had interactions with wolves before, right? And it was one of the most scary experiences of my life. I mean, I've not had direct interactions with wolves, but I have camped in areas where we are deep in wolf country, like deep. And I've camped in areas deep in wolf countries without any protection. Like I didn't have any pistols, I didn't have any guns. I had like a hatchet, you know. And it's in the back of your mind, and you're like, "Ooh, I don't like that." But you think. You know, statistically, nothing's ever going to happen. I mean, when was the last time outside of Yellowstone that somebody got attacked by a wolf? Yeah, I feel like for the most part, they're you don't hear about it very often. No, so it's not something that really concerns me. Same thing with like knowing that there's cougars in the area doesn't concern me when I'm walking out to the stand because it's like I would be it. It's a slim chance that I'm ever going to see one, let alone have one on top of me with its fangs in my neck. Are, are wolves Sick in, way to go. Are wolves and cougars... Me just hanging up in a tree. What happened to him? Big puncture wounds. Wasn't a wolf, DNR says. No, Reed's dead. Vampire. <laughs> Definitely not a cougar vampire. Oh, yeah. DNR would come out with a statement and be like, Hunter got taken up in tree by a vampire. Possibly a great... I heard a great horned owl the other night. Anyways. Did you? Oh, it was crazy. Do you mm. guys use the Merlin bird app? No. Oh, Never dude. heard of it. Game changer. Mm. For in the woods, like, you know, things to keep you occupied when you're in the stand. Merlin bird app. It's a uh, like the something lab of ornithology. Um, literally, you like tap it and it'll sit there and record. This is awesome, dude. <laughs> it uh, loves it. It uh, loves. No, it. dude, it's great. You can sit there and like record like sounds in the woods, and it picks up on like all the birds across North America, right? Well, <laughs> like worldwide, but strolling through the woods and you see Reed up in his tree stand, and it's just like you know those times where you walk by a tree and there's like nine hundred birds all up in one tree and yeah. it's just like different sounds you have like the crows and the yep. and, it, and reeds just like <laughs> no dude i so like i always made fun of birders because like the name alone is like you can't say that word um but i got this bird app and you can record stuff and it'll pick up on it so like when i hear a bird and i'm out in the woods and i don't know what it is i just start recording and it'll tell me and it's like oh that's a tufted titmouse i'm like sweet i didn't know there was Whoa. i didn't know there was such a bird um and then it breaks it down with all these like different calls that you can listen to and like you start identifying and figuring out what birds are what. Mm. And then it also shows you like, you know, where they're at like geographically and if that's a rare bird for your area or whatever it ends up being. So it's like, you know, I got all sorts of birds listed out in like locations that I've seen them now and I'm starting to track it and it's really entertaining to say like, oh yeah, I've seen that. I saw um, a common golden eye duck the other day. 
it's a it's a kind of diver duck and they're like they're just beautiful Hmm. i was absolutely fascinated by this bird over on the river in portland and I, i looked it up and i found it i'm like okay that's super cool and i could listen to like what it sounded like and like what its geographic area is and it was awesome so there's wolves in michigan there sure are there are more than willing to admit so that could be our solution We'll see what happens. Reed, what you got, buddy? I have two rare birds on my bird list, and it's pretty cool. Is this your article? Do we need to end the episode now? Guys, thanks for tuning in to the Itasso Outdoors <laughs> podcast. No, uh, where are we at? Oh, um, mine's pretty simple this this year. Uh, this is our second year, right? Second full-time year with the Michigan Deer Reporting. Yep. Okay. And here's just a breakdown. Um, I was reading through some articles and they're referencing on, you know, the numbers could be 14% off or skewed, um, 14% inaccuracy because of Why? how people are reporting. You mean so, all the Walmart parking lots? Nope, not that. Because I am that guy. I'm not going to tell you exactly where I killed my deer. That's a little bit too in my world. I'll tell you that I killed a deer. It's a little intrusive. It's a little intrusive. I'll tell yeah. you I killed a deer. I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what day it was. I'll even tell you if I killed it with a bow or a gun. I don't care. I'm not going to tell you where I killed it. Don't give up your spots. All right. So they did a poll and they just asked people, what are the reasons? Are you reporting? And if so, or if not, why? So luckily, 88.6% of people report all their deer in Michigan. This uh, had 179 votes. Uh, this was posted on December 4th of 2023. The There's two. 202 total voters in on this and of them 88.6 said that they would report uh the next let's see the number one reason that people are not going to report is they are just not going to do it 5.4 percent said we're not doing it are those people that i'm assuming are processing their own deer because if you take a deer to the processor, they will not accept the deer until you fill it out and give them a confirmation number yep correct so those 5.4 percent processing their own and i process my own deer now i still report because i want to have accurate data i want to tell the dnr yep these because it helps you manage i'm gonna give it's a useful it's a useful tool and it's not intrusive it's phenomenal yeah and you know the first year a lot of people got fired up about it we went through the process one time and it was like that wasn't that painful other than i'm not telling you where if if the DNR got rid of the pin on the app and just they gave did a, a radius, just a yeah. three mile radius or a five mile radius, exactly, yeah. or you know, pick a quadrant of the county where you shot it. That's all we really need to know. But five point four percent, or a township. Like township. if you just broke it, if you just broke each county yeah. down by a township, we sure. Would just I'm willing to do township. that. I'm willing to tell you that I hunt in Eaton County. I'm willing to tell you that I hunt in Shiawassee County. That's all fair to me. Doesn't bother me at all. But still, 5.5% said, nope, absolutely not. I'm not doing it. And I'm guessing that's just all the old curmudgeons that don't want to interact with the government at all. They're probably in a militia as well. Uh, 72, let's see, three voters, which represent 1.5%, said uh, it was past the 72-hour window and they weren't able to. So not that they wouldn't have, but they just kind of forgot about it, whatever. They got past the window and then they got in to enter their data and they're like, it's past it anyways, wouldn't let them do it. Um, let's see. Another percent and a half said they didn't know it was mandatory, which to those people, it's 
they just need to do the research. It's not that hard. You get the digest every year. You download the app. It's on your phone. Everything's convenient right there. Like just read through what your laws are. Things change on a year to year basis. You know, the first year we had the mandatory deer reporting, it was, was it a misdemeanor if you didn't report? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So like pretty egregious laws this year, it was lightened up. Okay. Good things to know. <laughs> they saw the amount of hunters <laughs> drop by a hundred thousand. <laughs> Great to know. Good to know, <laughs> but still report because it's you need to be up to date on your laws. It's part of being a hunter. It's part of being an ethical hunter is knowing what your laws are for your area. Uh, and then another four and a half percent said they completely forgot about it. They're going to, but they just forgot. So mm. if we harvested three hundred thousand deer, you got to add another. 40,000 on top of that or 35,000 potentially because it's could be anywhere from and that's a tough one because that that's 14% of hunters not harvests mm-hmm. so some of these farmers that have block permits that are shooting 20 and 30 deer there could be hundreds of thousands of deer in that 14% well potentially it's maybe tens of thousands it's so hard to gauge because that 5.4% that said they're just flat out not going to report that is a very oh man, that it's so hard to gauge who those people are because if I'm guessing they don't want to do it at all, and of that five point four percent, let's pretend like half of them are people that are just like, nope, we're not reporting because we don't want anybody to know how many deer we're taking and we're processing them all on our own. There's probably like that type of hunter that says I'm processing my own deer, probably shooting more than two deer a year. I would guess if you have your own processor, you're shooting between three and five deer a year. And that, you mean if you're processing them yourself? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Not your own processor that you go to, but you have your own grinder, you have your own packing system, you have your own vacuum sealer. I'm guessing that hunter is shooting probably four deer a year. In my gut, that's what that tells me. So you think about, okay, that's only 5% of the people not reporting, but that 5% is probably shooting more deer than the people that are reporting deer anyways. So they represent a very large chunk of deer being killed but they are not participating in the data and they just flat out won't they're not going to do it they think it's a an encroachment on their their rights and their freedoms and their mm-hmm. privacy yeah and i i get that i do it but, comes from a place of not trusting our three-letter agencies when in reality it's this is being used as a positive tool this is this is being used in a good way to help on the back end which Anybody that knows me knows that I don't trust most government agencies. I don't trust the ATF. I don't trust the FBI. I don't trust the CIA. You're starting to look like it more and more. Keep on that beard growing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I'm red-pilled enough to be like, no, I don't trust any of these guys. I do have a soft spot in my heart for the DNR. Yes, they have, like, I, I have had run-ins with them when they are an authority, and I don't necessarily want to be out in the field and have a guy in green pants show up. It's it's not my favorite thing in the world because it's just like, I don't know what's happening. I don't want my license to be pulled. I know that you can screw up my life. I don't want to have run-ins, but at the same time, I respect what you guys are doing. Like more than I, like if an FBI agent were to show up at my house, I'd be pissed. But if a DNR officer shows up in my, in my hunt, I'd be like, yeah, thanks for being here. You know, you're out doing your job and you're doing a good job of it. And like him being employed and being out in the field at the end of the day, if I am being an ethical and smart hunter benefits me in the long run mm. and them asking me to say, Hey, can you report your deer? Like, just tell us what you shot, how many you shot, what gender it was, whatever it may end up being. It's like, okay, 
yeah, I'll do that because it gives you better data on how to help me down the road. And especially like this, you know, the big alarm started going off this last year where all of a sudden the DNR goes, whoa, we have way too many does, like way too many does. Hey guys, we, here's the direction that we need to focus. And if all the hunters pay attention to that and listen, then yes, Michigan's deer population benefits from it and the deer management gets better. There's a higher quality because of the DNR's involvement. If not, it's a free for all. Everybody just goes out and shoots everything. And it's like, well, then nobody has deer to hunt or the quality of deer just goes completely through the floor. That is a compelling argument, and I agree. That's the end of my rant. That was a good rant, man. I love it. I enjoyed that. It's awesome. Then go get the bird app. Holy <laughs> smokes, dude. <laughs> Guys, that's all we've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to the Atasso Outdoors podcast. As always, I'll always say it, we grow organically. So if you learn something, if it tickled your funny bone, send the show. Share it with somebody. Um, we're at a Instagram, atasso.outfitters. Our website is atassooutfitters.com. All these videos are live on YouTube. So if you'd like watching your podcasts, check them out over there. That can all be found in our link tree on our Instagram. Go buy some merch to help support us. That's how we keep this bandwagon on the tracks. And with that, we drop episodes every Tuesday. So coming at you from the pod bunker, we've got Caleb and Reed, and Hunter, signing off. Have a good night. These are some of my bird recordings. (laughs) There's a barred owl in here somewhere. I always thought those were frogs. Those ones are frogs. So not birds. What are your rare ones? You have your frog app? I don't have a frog app, though. Mm. There's a barred owl in there somewhere. You couldn't hear it. What? What's like the rarest?